Welcome to St. Andrew and the beginning of the second week of Easter, which isn't just a day, it's a season of hope and life, both of which we need and both of which we have in the victory of our risen Lord. Our virtual worship today will be led by a group of eighth grade members of our church family who are preparing to confirm the faith of their baptism in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Every year at this time, we ask our confirmands to prepare our worship as part of their spiritual formation, which includes writing and uplifting the prayers, reading the scriptures, making their statements of faith, and also delivering the morning message. And today I want to say good on them and good on their teachers for not letting our social distancing stand in the way of the, their virtual weekly confirmation classes or of leading our online worship today. It's a great statement of faith and a powerful witness from the next generation to you and me for the glory of God at a time like this. I know they'll remember it forever, and I think you'll be blessed by it today as we join our confirmands in celebrating the good news that Christ is risen indeed. Let us pray. Father God, we lift our hearts up to you for all that you have done. We gather today to give you our thanks and declare your greatness. We thank you for bringing us all together to worship no matter what is happening around us. During this time, we should look to you and forget the doubts we have had. We know this because faith in you is stronger than any fear. We ask you to help us put our faith in you and find patience and forgiveness for others. We praise you for all the wonderful deeds you have done for us. Amen.
Together, let us confess our sins before God and one another. Lord, we know that we have sinned. We haven't followed your laws and commandments as we should. We have sinned against you by what we say, do, and think. We have not loved you fully and have not treated our neighbors as ourselves. We admit that we are full of doubt. Even though we are undeserving and full of doubt, help us to know that we can always trust you to love and care for us. Let us take a moment to admit our sins aloud or in the silence of our hearts. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you, and for his sake, God forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Psalm 121, verses 1 through 8. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. Dear God, we ask that you forgive us when we doubt and when we do not believe that you will answer our prayers. We thank you for never leaving our side, no matter what, and for helping and protecting us. We pray that you may help us to strengthen our faith during this difficult time and help us to make smart decisions regarding our health safety and well-being. In your name we pray. Amen. A reading from the book of Acts. Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. You that are Israelites, listen to what I have to say. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonders, and signs that God did throw him among you. You yourselves know this man handed over to you according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. But God raised him up, freeing him from death, because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, so I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, my tongue rejoiced, and moreover, my flesh will live in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One experience corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Fellow Israelites, I say to you confidently of our ancestor David, that he both died and was buried. His tomb is still with us to this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would put one of his descendants on his throne. Foreseeing this, David spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, saying, He was not abandoned to Hades, 
nor did his flesh experience corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that all of us are witnesses. Here's today's reading from 1 Peter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, who are being protected by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, even if now for a little while you have had to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold that, though perishable, is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you've not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. For you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. A reading from the Gospel of John. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my fingers in the mark of the nails in my hand in, this, in his side, I will not believe. A week later his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so you may come to believe that Jesus is a Messiah the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name.
Good morning, church. Typically, we look to the pastor to answer all our spiritual questions. Today, we are going to start off a little bit differently. I challenge you to prove to me that the Earth is, in fact, round. You could show me a textbook, an article, or a scientific journal stating facts that show the Earth is round. But I can challenge you with, are you really going to trust what one or two people say? In this age of digital scams, they could, in fact, be lying. You could show me a photo or a video, but with all this new technology, those could be doctored. A little Photoshop magic, and you can make Pastor G ride a hippo through the sanctuary. How can you prove something is true without seeing it in person? I say all of this to show that even something that we can perceive as 100% true still requires a little faith. This is not so different from the story of Thomas. We just heard in the Gospel reading. He had, as one of the 12 disciples, spent quite some time with Jesus. He had witnessed miracles, listened to the teachings of Jesus, and had even gone so far as to leave his family and follow Jesus. Despite dedicating his life to his faith, Thomas did not believe his fellow disciples when they told him that Jesus had risen from the dead. Even after he had witnessed all the miracles Jesus performed, he still didn't believe in Jesus' resurrection. It took Thomas coming face to face with the risen Jesus and even needing to touch him to believe in Jesus' greatest miracle. Getting back to my point about the earth, do you believe it is round or do you believe it is flat? Most people would probably claim it is round, but why is that? Is that what they were taught or does it just make sense? When talking about faith, those questions don't make sense. You cannot be taught faith because faith is given to you by the Holy Spirit and shaped by what you believe. You cannot be taught belief because adopting someone else's belief is not the same as forming your own. Faith comes from your own journey. It is a gift from God. We cannot have faith by ourselves. We need God's help to overcome our doubts. Let us compare the mindset of the flat earthers to that of Thomas. Keep in mind that the difference between Thomas and the flat earthers is that Thomas had witnessed all of Jesus' miracles in person. Unfortunately, not everyone can afford to fly to space yet. Similarly to how people have doubts that the earth is round, Thomas doubted that Jesus was resurrected. Some Christians also doubt that God is always looking out for them. It is in human nature to have many doubts, especially in faith. Faith is trust without witness. You cannot touch faith, you cannot smell faith, you cannot see faith. Only its consequences. It is hard to believe in something when you've never experienced it in a physical manifestation. Like most people, I have doubts about my faith. At school, I have a hard time fitting in socially with the other kids. Sometimes that leads to them not liking me. Honestly, I don't really care that they don't like me, but I do get angry when they are mean about it. Now, sometimes these issues are just trivial arguments, but other times it 
progresses into outright bullying. That is when I start to doubt and wonder why God would let this happen to me. When I start to doubt, I get aggressive, and that makes the situation worse. I do things I should not do, like lash out. Doubt is natural. We all have it, and there's no way to escape it. Doubt began with Adam and Eve, doubting God's plan for them, leading to original sin, which is in all of us. Doubt is seeded and soaked by the devil and used to try to separate us from God. We can take comfort in the fact that we are not unlike the people, like Thomas, who God chose to work through. Especially at my lowest point, when all seems bleak, God can seem very far away. In reality, though, God is never that far from us. He comes to meet us at our lowest point. God is always there to lend us a hand. The help we receive may not appear to come from God, but God is at the heart of the matter. Faith is when we start to understand this and place our trust in God. You can doubt your faith in God. You can doubt science, friends, teachers, and many others. In science, there are many people who doubt facts. For example, would you believe me if I said a single day on Venus is 243 Earth days? This sounds fake, but is actually true due to how slowly the planet rotates. One scientist that had many people doubting him was Galileo. He was even put under house arrest when he published his beliefs. Galileo was born in the mid-1500s to a Catholic family in Italy. He studied mathematics in school. One of his teachers theorized that the sun was the center of the solar system. To prove this, Galileo and some colleagues invented the telescope. The problem here was that the Catholic Church was teaching that the sun was not the center of the solar system, but the earth was. In proving his teacher's theory, he contradicted the teachings of the Catholic Church at that time. After publishing his findings, the church tried hard to silence him, thinking that his findings would cause the people to doubt God and the church leaders. Galileo was a strict follower of Catholicism, so having his church work so hard to silence him probably caused him a lot of doubt. Nevertheless, he stayed a believer until the end. Doubt is not necessarily bad. Doubt can actually bring us closer to God. Doubt is inevitable, but if we embrace it and learn from it, we can grow stronger in our faith. With doubt, we ask questions that need to be asked in order to grow and strengthen our faith. Doubt is a part of faith. With all that we doubt in our lives, it is hard to say that Thomas should not have had doubts in his. That would be hypocritical. Like Thomas, we all struggle with faith, but unfortunately, we do not have the same advantages that Thomas had. We have not seen Jesus, and we probably never will during our earthly journeys. But we can imagine what it would have been like to be Thomas. Let's put ourselves in his shoes. Imagine if you saw your good friend and teacher die. Then days later, your friend said not only that he was not dead, but they, they had spoken to him. 
even though you had seen him help people who could not walk to walk again, and even awaken the dead, I bet every one of us would have a doubt that Jesus could come back to life. That's probably true, even after he told you he would. So then, how do you accept your faith? That question may be hard for many of us. I know I can't answer it. Honestly, this is one of the hardest questions to ask and answer. I can't answer it, and yet I know that I believe. The truth is this question is very individualized, and no two people have the same answer. In my life, this question pushes me to learn more about my faith, to define my faith. That's all I can do, and doubt helps on that journey. Jack spoke to us about how we don't need to see evidence to know that God is real, and how we can use doubt as a tool to build our relationship with him. So why did Galileo keep seeking God despite his doubt? Why did he still believe? I'm going to talk about how the Holy Spirit planted a seed in us that when watered with knowledge about God and his love for us, helps us to overcome the doubt that pulls us away from God and how learning more about your faith can help draw you closer to God. While we are all born with sin, we still yearn to have a relationship with God, to be with him. Doubt gets in the way of that and keeps us apart. By learning more about God through the gifts he has given us, like the word and the church, we can overcome the doubt in our lives because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And we can grow in our faith. I've had doubt many times in my life. Before I moved to Maryland, I lived in Georgia. I rarely went to church. I didn't know much about God. In fact, when I was 10, I used to think God lived in a normal house like us. When I was told the truth about God and his love for us, I immediately wanted to know more. We started going to church every other month, but then eventually we stopped. And I stopped having that urge to learn more. Then a couple years later, I moved here. My family wanted me to go to church. I kind of resisted because I felt like I wasn't fit. At first I was forced. I didn't want to go because I didn't know what it would be like. I was so anxious. Have you ever felt that way? I thought others would know more than me, but my aunt and my grandma pushed me to go. I let people know that I was new and they let me in. The pastor welcomed me. I joined the praise band because my cousin Michael invited me, which made church way more fun. and made me want to come more often. I was skeptical about confirmation, but my mom signed me up anyway. At first, I felt like everyone knew more than me, which made me feel like I didn't belong there. I, doubt I doubted God even existed, and I doubted my belief in God because I wasn't exposed much before. But then I started learning more. About halfway through the first year, the Bible started making more sense. Now it's kind of fun learning about God. I learned that God forgives us when we ask through faith because God loves us no matter what. He loves us so much that Jesus was sacrificed to take away our sin. Nobody would do that, but God did. God commands that in return we forgive others and extend grace as we have been shown grace. This can be one of the hardest things we do. Even though we have doubt, God watches over us. He lets us make our own choices, but if we are willing, guides us to the right path.
I still have doubt, but I feel closer to God than I ever did before coming to St. Andrew. By learning more about God through his word, I know he's real and he will keep me safe from sin. Bad things still may happen sometimes, but I know he's there no matter what happens. Now I feel like I'm part of our church, full of people that help me learn. Doubt may be a shackle pulling us away from God, but God gives us sisters and brothers in Christ to help us and spiritual gifts to help us spread the word to all the people. Then they help weaken his, the, the shackles so we can believe and not doubt. In James 1.6, we are told, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That's how I used to feel, out of place and uncertain. Hmm. But by seeking God and learning about his love for us, I feel stronger in my faith. I still doubt, but I am able to overcome it through the knowledge about his word. Now I plan to join our high school youth group and keep learning about God so my faith and connection with God can grow even stronger. In our New Testament reading for today, Peter, speaking to the new believers, said, Though you do not see him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. 1 Peter 1.9 We are all born with doubt, but we also have the seed that God planted in us through the Holy Spirit that helps us seek God and makes us yearn for him. Even though you're not in confirmation, I, was, I would still encourage you to keep learning more about God to help you overcome the doubt that we all have. Keep seeking so that even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Prayer of thanks. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for saving and loving us even through all the doubt we have in these hard times. We also thank you today for blessing us and holding us in your hands as you keep us safe from this virus. We give thanks to all the doctors and nurses risking their lives to save us and helping others in need. We thank you for providing masks and gloves for them as they work to stop the virus. We trust you and thank you for keeping us safe. We thank you for providing food for us and others in need. We hope soon that we can come back to your house of worship to praise you and show our love as one community. Please bless us and keep us safe while we praise you and your son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. During this time of COVID-19 and an uncertain future, our class desires for you to join us in the strength that comes from believing in God and knowing the care that he is providing for us now and always. We confess what we believe by using a creed, and one of our assignments is to create a class creed by putting our faith into our own words. Now we invite you to confess our faith using our class creed. We believe in God the Father, creator of everything, who is our provider and our protector, and who loves us no matter what. We believe that his only son, Jesus Christ, became the ultimate sacrifice and saved us from the consequences of our sins. His existence was a miracle. He was 100% God and 100% man. 
so that he could relate to us, teach us, and eventually sacrifice himself for us. He descended into hell and defeated death itself. He was then resurrected, and after 40 days and 40 nights, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. We believe in the Holy Spirit, who is given to us in baptism and helps us do God's will. The Holy Spirit is the way that God interacts with us and guides us down his path, leading us to everlasting life so that we may spread and uphold God's message and help others to know him in their own gifts. It speaks through signs, even though we might not always see them. It is always there for us, helping us through our problems and healing us. Amen. We pray for the whole church, our communities, our families, and leaders. Dear Lord, we pray for those who are suffering at this time from the coronavirus. Please help the sick and their families to get through what is going on and may they be able to live the rest of their lives peacefully. Bless and watch over those who are risking their lives to save others, whether it be first responders, nurses, doctors, or anyone caring for the sick or elderly, and let them come home to their families safe without worry. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are home and who are part of our congregation during this time of worship and stress. We pray that everyone is staying well and healthy. Help give us the strength we need to last until the end of this pandemic. And for those who have lost somebody, we pray you help them stay strong and that you will comfort them in their time of grief. We pray that one day soon this will all pass and we can all rejoice once more together in one place. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. May this class of confirmands be blessed as this part of our journey ends, but let our continued opportunities to learn and worship open new ways for us to grow our faith each passing day. Help guide us all the way until our last day and until we finally get to see you in our next home of eternal life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Please guide us so and help us so we may see the kingdom of heaven and help us to grow our faith in you so any doubt or fear is abolished and so we can trust in you fully and help those around us to see your light and believe in you so one day we can all experience the joy of eternal life with you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We ask all of these things in the name of your Son, our resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray in the way the Lord has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May the God of peace, who raised Christ from the dead, remove your doubt and strengthen your faith. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, rest upon you and dwell within you this day and forevermore. Amen. Thank you.